Today is election day, so more on what is at stake. But also, I will be reacting to the host of The View comparing we white suburban women to cockroaches and also saying that the GOP is a cult. Also, former President Trump jabbed Governor DeSantis a few days before his election, and I've got a lot of thoughts on that. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Go to Ranchers. Go to GoToRanchers.com slash Allie. That's Go to Ranchers.com slash Allie. Okay, y'all, it is election day. We've got our friend Steve Dace coming on in a few minutes after I get through some of the things that I want to talk about. And you won't want to miss that conversation because, as always, he is bringing the heat, telling us exactly what is at stake. And we will talk about the forbidding conversation of funny business that unfortunately sometimes happens in American elections. Because if you haven't heard, we are supposed to already be anticipating delays in vote counts. I love election day because I think it's exciting. I love to see the results coming in, but it's also a little disappointing knowing that even the results that we see tonight may not be the final results because so many counties, which are coincidentally Typically, deep blue counties can't get their acts together. They can't vote every or they can't count every vote in one night. It sometimes takes several days. Sometimes it takes several weeks. Sometimes things get caught up in legal battles. None of that should be happening in a first world country. Unfortunately, it does. And I'll talk about uh, some examples of what I call funny business in our elections that is totally legal, by the way. I'm not even talking about things that are illegal. I'm talking about things that are legally happening in some of these deep blue counties that are meant, in my opinion, to influence the election. Some of them, the media even admit. And so we'll talk about that with Steve Dace. My solution, by the way, just as an aside to all of this, is getting Chick-fil-A to run all elections. I mean, why not? I have a friend who works for Chick-fil-A and she works in a college town and they have to feed the entire town basically every game day and they do it. I mean, we're talking thousands of chicken biscuits to different locations and to different people and they wake up early to make sure that it gets done. And you know what? Every time they do it, it is their pleasure. So they are doing all of this with a good attitude We could also bring in some Trader Joe's employees to try to help because they're also great. Some of them sure could be communists. But as far as efficiency goes, as far as integrity goes, I think that we could take some Chick-fil-A people, a Chick-fil-A operator and some of their best employees, their best managers, bring them together, bring in some of your best Trader Joe's employees, have them run the elections. Instead, we've got crazy people and people who are openly corrupt in some cases running the voting process, and that's no good. However, you still need to show up, as we will talk uh, talk about more with Steve Dace. If you're a Christian and you're like, I don't know why I need to vote, or if you have friends in your life who still today are like, I don't know why I need to vote, then you need to listen to yesterday's episode, and you need to send that to them, make them listen to it, talk to them. As I said yesterday, as I said on Instagram today, If you've got friends who are just like, they're either on the fence about voting or they're like, I have no idea how I'm going to have time to vote today. You've got a million kids. You've got a million responsibilities. You just don't know when you're going to be able to do what you can to make it easier for them to vote. If you need to babysit their kids, if you need to bring them lunch, if you need to take them, if you need to look up their voting location, if they say that they have a license and it has their previous address um, on that license, you can figure out how they can still legally vote. That doesn't mean that they uh, that they can't vote. And so you just need to make sure that you are helping all of your friends in your area and even in other areas vote. I texted a bunch of people this morning who are in different places across the country. Did you vote? It's a little bit annoying, 
But if all of us do it, that can make a big difference. Don't get into the mentality of thinking, well, it's just one vote. It's not just one vote. If all of us are helping our friends vote, that really can make a difference. These margins in some of these places are going to be really slim. If you're looking at Arizona, if you're looking at New York, if you're looking at Pennsylvania, if you're looking at Washington, if you're looking at Michigan, a lot of these places are going to be determined by just a few votes. You remember that episode of Parks and Rec? When Leslie loses by one point or by one vote and it ends up being Jerry that didn't vote, don't be a Jerry in the 2022 midterms. Be the person who votes. And again, your responsibility, I think, as a Christian is to do so and to vote in alignment with God's stated order because God is in control, he is in charge, and he is also good. That means his ways and his order is better and we cannot love our neighbor by voting in a way that opposes his order. All right, I'm going to get to some of the things that I wanted to get to at the end of yesterday's episode and just didn't have time to. I'm going to react to some of the crazy things that have been said over the past few days from some politicians, but also some people in the media. Before I get into that, let me tell you about our first sponsor for the day, and that is Cozy Earth. Cozy Earth is an amazing company, and they make the best products. Some of their products that they make are towels. I just got a new towel set from Cozy Earth. Love them. They are simultaneously soft and luxurious, but also what I would call scritchy. Not scratchy, but scritchy. And that is the kind of towel that you want because it actually dries you off. Those two soft towels, they don't get the job done. Cozy Earth has like the perfect combination of soft and scritchy. Love their towels. Also, they have really, really soft breathable sheets. I can always tell when my cozy earth sheets are on my bed versus other sheets because they just feel so much better. And they also have amazing loungewear. I've got a loungewear set that I love by them, a pajama set that is so super cute, so soft, wear it year round. You can save 40% right now on Cozy Earth bedding, loungewear, pajamas, and towels. Holiday offer ends soon. Go to CozyEarth.com slash Allie. Be sure to enter my promo code Allie at checkout and save 40%. These make great gifts. That's CozyEarth.com slash A-L-L-I-E, CozyEarth.com slash Allie, code Allie. Okay, I finally want to react to this clip that you've probably seen, and it is Sunny Hostin. Hostin? Don't know. Uh, she is um, a, she's a host at The View, and of course, The View is where we all get our most profound political theological insight. Um, And so here is just another amazing example of the of the wisdom that we are gaining from the formidable ladies at The View. Here's Sunny. I read a, a poll just yesterday that white Republican suburban women are now going to vote Republican. Why? It's almost like roaches voting for raid. Oh, Okay. Um, She goes on to say, the clip goes on to say, do you want to bring us to Gilead? Do you want to make us into the handmaid's tale? So let's back up, though. Let's first talk about her description. White Republican women are going to vote Republican. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that insight. Um, But these white Republican women who are going to vote Republican, shocker, are like roaches voting for raid. There's so much to break down there. I mean, obviously, we are talking about the kind of language that has been used in every human rights atrocity and genocide throughout history, comparing people to insects, comparing people to pests that you can just remove by raid or um, by some other kind of easy means. I mean, we're looking at Rwanda. We're looking at the Holocaust. I mean, that is the kind of rhetoric that has been used throughout history to describe a group of people that you deem to be unworthy of respect, unworthy in the worst cases of even life. And it's how you justify hate. It's how you justify even violence. Of course, this is nothing new when you're looking at the media's description of white people, in particular, white women. It is really it's the only group of people that can be completely denigrated and dehumanized without any kind of punishment or accountability whatsoever. In fact, you'll get quite a few pats on the back. So while Sunny is getting 
some criticism from people like me, from other conservatives, she's not going to be held accountable in any way by the people at The View because that's just what you get to do. You get to talk in very evil ways about white people and in particular white women. And everyone's just like, oh, yeah, girl, more power to you. So white women voting for Republicans are like voting for voting for rape or like cockroaches voting for Raid. And then she goes on to say that we've got our priorities out of whack and we're voting for Gilead. Let me tell you what my priorities are and what I think, if I if if I may, what the priorities are of Republican women who are voting for Republicans. My priority is to protect unborn children from being poisoned, from being dismembered in the womb. My priority is to make sure that kids in my community are free to get an in-person education without, by the way, the presence of drag queens and pornography. Uh, My priority is to ensure that businesses can stay open lest another disaster strike in which Democrat politicians think that they can take our freedoms and our livelihoods away. Uh, My priority is to protect children's bodies from... Uh, mutilation by doctors who say that just because they may be confused or going through a hard time, they need to be put on puberty blockers or cross-sex hormones or to have their healthy breasts cut off, which is happening legally, by the way, across the country, as we have documented many times. So these are some of my priorities. There is not a single priority, a single policy the Democrats put forward that is appealing to me in any way. In fact, I see it as a threat to my family's safety. I see it as a threat to my children's well-being. Um, I will not vote Democrat because my priority is to keep my community and to keep my city safe and clean. And wow, when I look at the cities that are run by Democrats, When I look at the destruction their policies have wrought, when I look at how social justice policies increase crime, increase homelessness, increase poverty, increase things like public drug use and public defecation and murder, I think, hmm, I don't think that I'm going to vote Democrat. So what priority exactly am I supposed to have that would encourage me to vote Democrat? Now, I understand there are a lot of people who are taken in by the rhetoric and what I think is the propaganda that says in order to be an empathetic person, in order to be compassionate, in order to care for the vulnerable, the marginalized, the least of these, in order to care about democracy, in order to be anti-racist, in order to be a champion for women, then you have to vote Democrat. But that's just all rhetoric. That's superficial. There's no real substance behind that. When you move past the euphemisms, when you move past the propaganda, you see the Democrat policies don't really do anything to help women. If by help women, you mean make it legal for them to kill their baby on the taxpayer dime, well, that's not how I define help. If by helping the poor, what you mean by that is chaining them to unconditional welfare and making it more lucrative for them to uh, depend on the government than it would be for them to get a job, then that's not how I define helping the poor. If by criminal justice, you mean simply releasing criminals without bail so that they can then go on to offend. I mean, we just saw a serial criminal in New York uh, attack a young woman who was jogging in the park and violently rape her. He had had 25 arrests and, of course, had been released several times by judges who decided that social justice means just allowing criminals to continue to create more victims of violence. That is the case in every Democrat-run city. And that, to me does not fit a real definition of justice. And so when you move past the euphemisms, when you move past the smooth talking, when you move past the politics of it and the propaganda that we see in the media that says, oh, save democracy by voting Democrat, you see that there's really no reason. There's really no reason to to vote Democrat. And there's 
Many reasons not to. If by save democracy, what you mean by that is federalizing elections and making sure that there is no state and local control over our election process. If by saving our democracy, you mean combining the power of the federal government and major corporations, big tech and the media to dissuade people from voting Republican and censoring any questions about the integrity of our election and policing uh, language the way that we have seen the current DHS and big tech do, then that doesn't fit my definition. That doesn't fit the definition of democracy. So again, just thinking a little bit harder about what is being said versus what is being done. Uh, thinking a little bit harder about the stated intentions of progressive policies versus the actual material consequences of progressive policies, I think most people see that Democrats really don't have anything to offer us. So, Sonny, I would love to hear you articulate and speak slowly. Cockroaches don't understand very, uh, very much why I or really anyone like me would vote Democrat. Tell me. Unfortunately, I don't think Sonny is going to have the ability to do that. Um, and then just moving a seat over on The View, we have Joy Behar. Again, just a just a beacon of political and uh, just philosophical wisdom, that woman, um, telling us that to be in the GOP is like being in a cult. Here she is. Can well, I just everyone have priority? Yes. No, you're not voting for Republicans. You're voting for a cult. Remember that. It's a cult. It's not Republicans anymore. Okay. The GOP is a cult. Really? Because you'll notice that leftists are the ones claiming that their party is going to save democracy from fascism. Chris Hayes on MSNBC said that we have to vote Democrat or else we'll never be able to vote Democrat again. Um, a pundit on MSNBC recently, a historic uh, historian said that if we vote Republican, democracy is gone. So if you vote for one of the one of the two major parties that a lot of people have a lot of good reasons to vote for, then democracy is gone and our kids will be imprisoned or killed. He said he literally said that if you vote Republican and if Republicans take the majority in the House and the Senate, if they win these governor races, then our kids are going to grow up to be imprisoned or killed and that we're not going to have a free press anymore. OK, so there's a word for all of this, and it is called hysteria. And it is induced by propaganda fed to you by a cult, Joy Behar. There is no basis for this in reality. They have absolutely lost it. Now, I'm not talking about all Democrat voters. I'm not saying that everyone votes Democrat who votes Democrat is in a cult. I'm not saying that every Democrat politician is in a cult. But if you are looking at like the the media and the activist class and a lot of the the base, some of the most radical people in the Democrat Party, I mean, you are looking at cult like behavior. Trump broke most of these people's brains and they are no longer, especially when we're talking about the media, tethered to reality as is typical of people caught in cults, like boys who think that they're girls are really girls. That that statement or baby suddenly receive value and rights and um, and humanity in the birth canal. Like these statements are not statements that are rooted in reality. They are not statements that are rooted in science. They are not statements that are rooted in logic or substance. These are statements that are rooted in superstitious, a superstition. They are statements that are maxims that you can really only believe if they have been repeated so much to you that you have simply accepted them because of their repetition and not because they are actually true. And that is what happens in cults. Like these are actual things. The left wing in this country believes. It is superstitious, cult-like nonsense. And so what you're hearing from Joy Behar, it's gaslighting. It is projection always. Um, it is possible to be, sure, in a Republican cult or a Trump cult. I think that that is true. You hear people you know, defend some politicians no matter what they do, no matter what they say, because they are in like this cult-like state where they feel like they have to defend what has become their God. Sure. But the cult that may be on the right is not nearly as mainstreamed as it is on the left. I mean, because honestly, how many pundits do you know praising the Republican Party as the savior of our republic? 
No, most of us are saying, look, Republicans are the current best alternative we've got to a party of unrestricted abortion. School and business shutdowns, forced vaccinations, criminal justice that incentivizes crime and curriculum that includes gender ideology, racial division and literal pornography. I don't think Republicans are going to solve all of our problems. I think that we've got some good fighters coming up in this election. So uh, hopefully things can change for the better. But I don't care anything about the Republican Party as an institution. I care about defeating the scourge that is secular progressivism, that is leftism right now. But I don't have my hope or my identity or my purpose tied to the GOP or to any one politician at all. In fact, I am very skeptical of the Republican Party. I am very skeptical of every politician. And while I like a lot of their promises, most of them don't have the spine to deliver. And so I am I am ready to criticize the Republican Party. And I would vote I sure I would vote Democrat if there was a Democrat that aligned with all of my values. I don't care about the political affiliation. I care about my I I care about what I want this country to look like and someone who is going to fight for those things. That's not being in a cult. That is just being a citizen, a participatory citizen. And so Joy Behar, as always, is projecting onto you. Don't buy into that crazy rhetoric. In fact, you just need to double down. You need to vote even harder today. All right, a couple more things to react to in just a second. Let me tell you about our next sponsor, and that is Bambi. Okay, this is an awesome service, especially for those of you who are small business owners. And I know there are a lot of you out there. If you own a small business, you know that HR issues can take up all of your time. And they also happen to be the most stressful parts probably of your job. Like you love your business. You started it because you're passionate about it. And you did not envision yourself spending all of your time on uh, on HR issues. And that is why you need an HR manager, but you might not have $80,000 a year to spare on an HR manager. So that is where Bambi comes in. With Bambi, you get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 a month. They're available by phone, email, and real-time chat. So onboarding and terminations run smoothly, team members reach peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. And with Bambi's HR Autopilot, you'll automate important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. So you save a lot of money, you save a lot of time, and you can make sure that your HR doesn't go by the wayside because it's also one of the most important parts of your business to make sure that you survive as a business owner and thrive. So go to Bambi.com slash or Bambi.com right now. Type in Relatable under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. That's B-A-M-B-E-E.com and then type in Relatable, Bambi.com, type in Relatable. Okay, so I don't know if you saw the other day, Trump at a rally, and he decided to attach a nickname to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Here is that. Trump at 71, Ron DeSanctimonious at 10%. Ron DeSanctimonious. I mean, the guy comes up with pretty creative nicknames. Um, okay, you guys know, like, I'm a big fan of Governor DeSantis. I'm a big fan of, like, how a lot of things that Trump did while he was president. You guys also know that I've had Trump on this podcast, and I am so appreciative of that. He didn't, as a previous president of the United States, uh, Trump did not have to come on my show and talk to me. And everything that I've heard about him, like, he is a very loyal person. He is a very, like, gracious friend. And of course, I love a lot of what he did during his presidency and he had a lot of obstacles to face so like I, I guess you guys already know I probably don't even need to say that I really appreciate a lot of Trump and what he's done and who he is one thing that I've never liked about him is this I don't like how quick he is to make enemies and how much he seems to be focused solely on himself. And I understand that's Trump. It's always been Trump. It's it's probably not going to change. That's probably part of what makes him effective in a lot of ways is that he really wants to win. But I don't like that he 
just wants to win for himself. I mean, for him to say this a couple days before Ron DeSantis' election, and I don't think that it's going to affect Ron DeSantis' election. I think that he is going to win incredibly. I mean, he has led so well. But, I mean, that's a selfish move, right? I mean, that's pretty self-centered. It could have been a worse nickname, but he slid that in there. He did that on purpose. He knows exactly what he's doing. The man is not stupid. That was deliberate. He just wanted to get a little jab in, a little slight in right before Ron DeSantis' election. And you do have people. I see it. Like, he's causing this division. I actually see people on Twitter, like defending Trump at the expense of Ron DeSantis or pitting them against each other. And one of the reasons why I didn't want to tweet about it is because I didn't want to pit them against each other right before Ron DeSantis's election. And here's the honest truth about it. As someone who I, I wasn't a fan of Trump during the 2015-2016 primary, I wasn't. But I also knew that he was far and away the best candidate compared to Hillary Clinton. And I was like pleasantly surprised uh, by a, a lot of this stuff that uh, he got done. And a lot of the things that I didn't like about him, I realized were a lot smaller than I had originally thought. But so here's the truth. I feel like I have a pretty clear eyed view of of Trump and his goods and his bads. Here's the honest truth about it that we just need to admit, even those of us who voted for him twice. He, when it came to COVID, did not do what needed to be done. And Ron DeSantis did. That's the truth of it. Everything that Ron DeSantis did when it came to COVID um, was everything that we wished that Donald Trump would have done. Donald Trump, because I think it may be rightfully he feared what the media would say, but hey, the media, you know, shellacked him anyway, or he feared that he was going to lose the election. He feared the blowback. He didn't want to fire Burks. He didn't want to fire uh, Fauci. He even threw Governor Kemp under the bus when Governor Kemp opened up Georgia, I think was one of the first to open up Georgia. When he did that, he threw him publicly under the bus. We are talking about a Republican governor. And from some insight that I've gained since then, it had to do with um, a personal thing that he had against Governor Kemp that was going on behind the scenes. It didn't actually have anything to do with policy or any kind of real disagreement, but it happened to it, it happened to do with um a kind of grudge that he had against him. So I don't like that. Like, I don't like that he is just focused on those kinds of those kinds of petty things and not on winning collectively. And that is what I saw when he jabbed at Ron DeSantis, even though like if we are all honest, Ron DeSantis has led the state, especially when it comes to freedom, especially when it comes to culture wars in the way that we want a president like President Trump um, to have to have led. And that's just the truth of it. And that might be really hard for Trump to admit. But look, guys, Trump just a couple months ago at a rally was still encouraging people to get the vaccine. I mean, we know a lot about the vaccine, that it's not what we thought that it was, that it's not as effective in some cases for some people. It is even dangerous that it's not delivering on the promises. And he still, because he wants to take credit for Operation Warp Speed, which, you know, he can take credit for, he was still encouraging people to get it. And he brought an executive from Johnson & Johnson on the stage at one of his rallies. So you've got that, the guy that is still going out encouraging the vaccine and hoisting up the makers of the vaccine like a Johnson & Johnson, and someone who is saying, look, I'm not going to encourage or discourage this. And we have to be realistic about some of the harms here, who actually has someone who is in charge of the health department in the state of Florida say, look, we're going to look at the damage that this is doing to young boys and causing, in some cases, myocarditis. So they're being very open about that and being very out front. And so, I mean, that's just the truth of it. So if Donald Trump wants to pit himself against Ron DeSantis, he has to be ready for people to call out these very big discrepancies that I think in the case of COVID work in Ron DeSantis's favor. So, like, I don't think it's a good strategy, but it's very Trump. 
We can expect it. As I said, I think that Ron DeSantis is going to do amazingly in Tuesday's election. Um, in today's election, I'm super, um, I'm super excited. I wish I could be there uh, in Florida to celebrate with them. Um, I will be here. Blaze TV giving you uh, giving you election insight instead. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm a huge fan of how Ron DeSantis has led his state. And I think he's going to continue to do that. And you just see the incredible benefit to having a good leader. I don't even think that we talked about. I meant to talk about this. I don't even think that we talked about um, that Florida just, I got to pull it up on Instagram to get the right wording, that the Florida Board of Medicine officially approved a rule banning treating minors with puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and surgery. Praise God. Praise God. As you guys know, that has been happening across the country. Well, Ron DeSantis, who won, I think, just by 50,000 or so votes um, a few years ago, has been so fearless in going out front and pushing policies and using his constitutional powers to protect children and to protect the rights of parents in Florida. And he has helped shape the direction of the country that way, because as he has been out front, he has also pushed other Republican governors to the right because people see how popular he has become just by being courageous. So to me, Trump looks really small and petty when he does something like this to DeSantis. There's just no reason for it. To me, it's because he feels threatened. And look, you shouldn't. You should look at his example and say, wow, I could have done better on COVID. We're going to do something different moving forward if Trump is in the same position that he was a few years ago again. So that's how I feel about that. I'm sure I'm going to get some people mad at me for saying anything about it at all. But I just I just had to say something. So there are a lot of other things, man. There's a lot of other things that I want to talk about today. But because I want you to listen to this awesome conversation with Steve Dace, I think I'm going to I'll cut us off. I'll cut us off for now um, and let you listen to him. Tell us what is at stake today and everything that is going on. No one brings the heat like Steve Dace on my show. So without further ado, here is our friend Steve Dace. Steve? Thanks so much for joining us again. It is election day. Just set us up. Where are we? How are you feeling? I hate the phrase, it's the most important election of our lifetimes. I've heard it my entire life, and it's almost never proven to be true. So I, I'm really hesitant to say it again. Um, and I don't think you're going to save America. Um, but I do think it's the most clarifying election of my lifetime, and I'll be 50 next year. Uh, and what I mean by that is America's going to go on the record. Uh, this has been the most honest, what I like to call the spirit of the age, has been about its agenda. I mean, when, when, when I was your age breaking into this business, I would do shows that were like, this is what they really mean. And this is wh where they really want to take us if we let them. We're in those places now. We're, yeah. they're, they're doing those things now. They're, they're saying them out loud now. And no, one, no American uh, has an excuse. Everybody will go on the record. You either are just um, too lazy to care about the future. You're either down with the darkness or you will, uh, you'll take a stand against it. My assistant, Todd, coined this um, a few weeks ago on our show that sanity is on the ballot. Yeah. And I think, I think it's the most clarifying election. And then its importance will be determined based on what happens as a result of the results, right? Are we just issuing a sternly worded letter or is it a statement of intent of, of what we intend and demand to occur in response to what has already happened? What do you say to the people who say, well, it's not really an election, it's a selection. And depending on where you are, there are people who think that the corruption is just too strong to really for them to make a difference by voting. And so some people sit at home because of that. Some people do still go out to vote, but they just have no hope in the process whatsoever. I mean, what do you think about that? I don't blame them based on what happened in 2020. I mean, I was sitting on the desk as this was going down. And the first thing that, that rang alarm bells for me live on the air here when we were doing our election night coverage was Antrim County, Michigan. I grew up in Michigan. I know the state very well. Um, and 
you just don't have the swing like that. That was a very strong Trump county, and all of a sudden they're claiming he lost it by, you know, uh, Venezuelan margins. Something wasn't right. And they eventually corrected that. But I would say to those people, the basis of your frustration is correct. Uh, the question is, what is your solution? Mm-hmm. The, the cover story for what happened in 2020 was that Trump was just uniquely unpopular and we had years of approval ratings that were anemic to show how he was uniquely unpopular. And he had just lost 40 House seats based largely off of women like what you're trying to reach in your audience who voted for him in 2016. And, and they so turned him off that he lost 40 House seats. And, um, and so he lost those suburban white women again. And in, but in record numbers, and, and we had this huge influx of young people who voted because of the mail-in ballots and the ballot harvesting, and that explains all these incongruencies, like Joe Biden winning none of the traditional bellwether counties, none of them, anywhere in the country. Like uh, uh, Donald Trump expanding his vote with Hispanics and blacks, getting more non-white votes than any Republican has since 1964, but still losing, okay? Republicans picking up 14 House seats. Donald Trump, but the Democrat presidential candidate got 81 million votes, right? That's how they explain these asymmetrical incongruencies that just have never happened in any American election before, that Donald Trump was uniquely unpopular. He's not on the ballot this time. And so if we see these incongruencies again, and they don't have a cover story, they don't have two years of polls to to, to produce a narrative for this. I mean, Biden is polling worse with independents than, than any president has other than George W. Bush at the end of his presidency and Nixon before his resignation, okay? Mm-hmm. So they, they don't have a polling narrative to justify this. Uh, they don't have Donald Trump on the ballot to say, well, he's uniquely unpopular. And so I, I think one way to get clarity in tw- about 2020, Allie, is to vote in 2022 and to say, all right, I'll call your bluff. Let's do this again. Because if I see 4 a.m. drop boxes again that, have, that magically had like no errors, no mistakes, had a nine, almost 100% acceptance rate, and they all voted in uniform block, then you'll, then yeah. you'll truly know something nefarious is at work. Mm-hmm. But I'll add one more thing to that. The amount of chicanery or cheating that went on in 2020, remember though, all that was done to produce scant margins. Georgia was determined by, I think, 13,000 votes statewide. Pennsylvania was determined by, I think, 80,000 votes statewide. Nevada, uh, Arizona, 20, 30,000 votes statewide. It is not easy. As someone that's worked on campaigns and been a part of elections and, ter- and vote, turning out the vote efforts, the idea that you can just wholly cheat and overcome five, six, seven point deficits I don't think people understand, if you haven't been involved in the nuts and bolts machinery of politics, how difficult that is. And they're also starting from a much lower baseline of minority uh, energy than what they had before. We're, We're actually talking about can Republicans win Hispanics nationwide in an election for the first time ever, okay? So... There are things working against them. That doesn't mean I don't have any worries. Like if I lived in Pennsylvania, I'd be very concerned. If I lived in Pennsylvania, New so York, and Michigan. They're talking about the Fetterman campaign yeah. is already, well, didn't they say that they were suing yes. to ensure that yeah, they the- had just actually lost a federal case that said that unnamed, unmarked, un- wrongly dated ballots cannot be counted. They're yeah. actually launching another lawsuit to try to overcome that ruling that they just lost. Yeah. Right. And even if like you have spent a lot of time looking at the irregularities, if you will, in the mm-hmm. 2020 election, what could have caused it a lot more time than I have on this podcast. But even if you are someone who, like me, you haven't taken the time to study those things as much yourself, you can still look at just what the regime is saying, mm-hmm. just what the leftist media is saying out loud mm-hmm. about the 2020 election and say that there was some funny business. There is that Time magazine article that said the bipartisan campaign that was or the secret oh, like history the OJ, if I of did the it shadow article. campaign yeah. that saved the 2020 <laughs> election. Right. And so they're talking about technically legal 
things. They're talking about corporations, the media, very powerful people around the world coming together to ensure in every legal way possible that Donald Trump did not become president. So that in that alone Agreed. should make you question every time you hear someone on the left say democracy, ask yourself, well, what do they mean by that? Do they mean actual democracy? Or are they talking about the most powerful entities in the country and in the world coming together to ensure that people don't vote for the Republican candidate? Mm -hmm. And is that your definition of democracy? All right, quick pause from that conversation to tell you guys about Raycon. So if you are looking for gifts to give to your family members and they have been Buying some wireless headphones, you should take advantage of this deal with Raycon. Uh, they have 54 hours of battery life. They have all different kinds of sizing to make sure that you can get the headphones that fit in your ear and do not budge. They have different kinds of modes, different depending on what you're doing. If you want to hear background noise, if you don't, if you're running, if you're sitting, they're really awesome. They've also got lots of different looks for them depending on your style. And they also are a fraction of the price of a lot of uh, competitors of wireless headphones. So you can go to buyraycon.com slash Allie. Use the code EARLYBF. EARLYBF. Get 20% off site-wide. That's a 20% off on whatever you buy. Or you can save even bigger and get 30% off Raycon's exclusive holiday bundles. That's code EARLYBF at buyraycon.com slash Allie. Buyraycon.com slash Allie. And there's also an example in Harris County, Houston, it's uh, a very big county. It's bigger than several states in the union. Um, there is something going on there that is technically totally legal, but I guarantee is happening in other major cities across the country as well. That should make people wonder, is this a purely democratic process. So let me tell you a little bit about that. And this is from people who live in Houston who told me this was going on. I looked it up and it's true. So Judge Hidalgo in Harris County, very corrupt social justice, left wing judge, light sentencing. That's why violent crime and murder have gone up so much in the city of Houston. She's up for reelection. She's very unpopular. She doesn't want to lose. And so she is in charge of appointing, along with this group, the person who runs the elections in Harris County. Again, a very, very popular, uh, populous county that typically votes blue, but the tides are turning there, as they are in many cities, because people are tired of getting murdered. They're tired of not being able to go out for pizza without their nine-year-old getting shot in the head mm -hmm. by a person who should be in prison. And that's something that happened there recently. And so Judge Hidalgo, along with apparently this group who all decided the person who is going to run this election, decided to pick a man named Clifford Tatum. Now, Houston is a very big place. Texas is a very big place. You would think that you would be able to find someone competent enough to run the elections in Harris County from Houston that knows Houston politics or from Texas that knows Texas politics. But instead, they chose someone named Clifford Tatum. Clifford Tatum is from Washington, D.C. And he chose or he ran the Washington, D.C. elections from 2011 until about uh, or I guess the middle of this year, 2022, he had different jobs there. Here's what the Washington Examiner said about what the constituents in D.C. said about the elections in 2012, 2014, several elections that he was running, that they were a disaster. It was like voting in a third world country, that you couldn't even get to your vote because the lines were so long, the machines were malfunctioning. Gosh, seems like that happens over and over again. He also happens to owe over $100,000 in income tax. So that's great. Great guy, obviously very corrupt, incompetent, or both. Mm -hmm. And yet, out of the entire state of Texas, Judge Hidalgo and the people appointing this person decided there's not a single person in this state that we can find that can do it. Let us go to D.C. and find maybe the most unqualified person to run our elections in an efficient way, in an honorable way. And they chose Clifford Tatum. 
He is the last person that you would choose if you cared about the integrity of your election. He is perhaps the first person that you would choose if you just wanted to win no matter what. So that's happening in Texas. Mm -hmm. That's happening in Harris County. I guarantee if it is happening in Houston, Texas, it is happening in other cities across the country. So just understand, you don't have to get into conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do a whole lot of research to see that, yes, there is funny business happening in these blue counties. As you said, that's not a reason not to vote. I mean, you're definitely going to lose if you don't vote, but we want those margins to be as big as possible so that the kind of funny business we're talking about is really difficult. Um, But there is a reason for people to be skeptical. So I just wanted to share that at least one anecdote. That's very important. And, And there's an old saying I quote on my show every now and then, treason never prospers. What's the reason? Because whenever treason prospers, none dare call it treason. Before we even get into trying to decipher the flowchart of the Dominion corporate infrastructure, a multinational corporation that whose jurisdiction, frankly, exceeds the U.S. Senate or Congress and their investig- investigative powers, which would then ask you, why would you hire them yeah. to come in and run your elections? Dominion and yeah. is a, an apt name for that. It, it is. It is. <laughs> There's a certain Carpathian ring to that, yes. But before we even get into any of that, just ask yourself a simple question. Yeah, if, if I get to decide when the election is, how long the election is, what kind of an election it will be, who can and who cannot vote in the election, what the rules for counting the election uh, and the votes will be, how long we will count them, and what we will count. And I made that quote-unquote all legal. We can claim it's not cheating, but would anybody find that to be fair? Would anybody find that to be honest? Right. If, if I got if I got to play every football game at home in front of my fans and pick all the officials and they were all alumni. OK, good luck. Maybe you'll get it. Maybe you're going to beat me. But most of the time, you probably aren't. This is systemic. And if I if, if I could try to put this as gently as I can, as I can, I, I am convinced when I use the phrase spirit of the age, I am talking about, a, it's, a, it's a direct biblical um, application here, a, a physical manifestation or cultural zeitgeist manifestation of, of demonic forces and energy. Uh, I got a chance to spend some time this summer with Tucker Carlson, and he came to Iowa for an event that we held, and we had a private dinner with him. And one of the things that he mentioned, because uh, we asked him, hey, what happened to the glib bow-tie-wearing technocrat on MSNBC and CNN who was buddies with Rachel Maddow. and I mean, Bill O'Reilly got that job and claimed to be a culture warrior and then became more of the glib technocrat the longer he had the job. You got the job as a glib technocrat and became a culture warrior. How did that happen? And he told us, he goes, he laughed and he goes, you're right. What happened is I'm a Georgetown kid. I mean, I grew up with, my dad was a GOP operative. I grew up with people that worked in politics in both parties, were on the same Little League, same high school teams. You know, we trick-or-treated together. These were my friends. And then we got into politics as an adult. They were still my friends. And I could see why someone might think Medicare and Medicaid are good ideas. And I don't, but I didn't think they were necessarily nefarious. Like, I could see why people would think someone might benefit from this stuff, right? What's happened the last few years in this country as someone who grew up his entire life in politics is we are pursuing policies and doing things that there is no benefit for. Mm-hmm. And no he, goes, he goes, I can't, I, can't, I can't technocratically add that up. It doesn't logically add up. So there must be some form of darkness at work here. That's what he said to us. I mean, they're going to get annihilated today. And, and, and they had an entire year where they could have manufactured a new economy. They could have done something to, to change conditions on the ground. They could have moderated. They never did any of those things. And then their last pitch for the last month has been vote for systemic societal collapse so you can have systemic child sacrifice. That, that's their closing pitch for the last month. Like yeah. they've offered nothing. They're not even running Republicans are going to cut your Social Security and Medicare ads that I've seen my entire life. They just went right for, you know, the, the Valley of Ben Hinnon. And, and I, I think that we need to consider that behind the scenes, there is a nihilistic effort on that, and understand hell hates both sides of this culture war. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what belief system you bring to the table, if you are in a Mago day, you are hated in hell. You're hated. They see that you. Even if you're being used by them, they will enjoy tormenting you when you arrive, nevertheless. Mm-hmm. And I think what's happened is you look at this left-right divide. 
And they have encouraged the people on the left to cast off all restraint and go over the cliff and just come out really in a red pit, in a, in a pitchfork and a red unitard and, do, and dance the jig and, 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 and do it in front of people's kids. And then on the other side, they're convincing our people it's hopeless. Nothing you can do. They're going to chest bind your daughters. They're going to castrate your sons. And there's nothing you can do. The people you vote for won't do anything about it. You're going to have to take this into your own hands. Don't you own 300 million guns? And that's what I think is happening here. I think that they are trying to, to crush the process of trust in the elections so that people feel as if, if, there is, if my voice will not be heard, then I will make it heard. I think, I think that they try to infiltrate primaries to put the worst form of Republicans up there so that when you vote for them, you have to beg them to, to do anything, let alone push back in any meaningful way so that you feel your interests aren't being represented. And, and therefore, you should probably go out into the streets and represent yourself. That's why the, the, what they will try to do to destroy a Lake or a Trump or a DeSantis that they view as a disruptor. And those three have, have different personalities and yeah. con convictions, but they all represent disruptions of the system. Mm -hmm. They don't want you to feel like you have that. And I think that's because we're being pro cattle prodded here into a nihilistic outcome. And I think it is vitally important that after this election is over, you must demand that... Like, like this morning I wake up, first thing in my inbox, Ron DeSantis has his Department of Justice order the, the Biden communist uh, election fixers out of Florida. You're not coming here. Get out. We're not letting you in. That level of aggression, that level, level of interposition, we must demand that the people that we are voting for on the state and local level are that level of aggressive against what is coming out of the national Leviathan, because I think they want us to go to the streets. I think they're provoking us to some form of civil war so they can roll out the tanks and do to us what they really want to do. And then I think the spirit of the age says, my job here is done. I created the nihilistic outcome I want. You guys have it out. We're moving on here. And I think the only, there's only two ways out of this outcome ultimately. One is revival. The other is demanding that the people we elect will aggressively, I love what you have right here, raise a, raise a respectful ruckus. They will peaceably but aggressively use the power we give them. I don't want to see any video. I, I, I was just in Oklahoma filming a movie. I'm, I, we filmed it at a maximum security prison. I know they have them in Oklahoma. I don't want to see any more videos out of a place like Oklahoma drag queens twerking and teabagging children Oklahoma. and they're arrested on yep. the spot and they're put in a hole and they put and we've lost the hole okay <laughs> that, that needs there needs to be that level of law and order from the law and order because my fear is alley it's not human nature to say by all means take my property take my prosperity take my take my progeny take my kids without yeah. without without a shot fired no fight and there has never been a peaceable handover of liberty wealth property or freedom in all of human history yeah. and there never will be and my fear is that we are being cattle prodded into this demonically this nihilistic that nothing mm -hmm. we do matters and then eventually i guess it, the only thing that matters is i have to do this with my own hands and i think we must demand that the people that we're going into a tsunami to vote for today turn this nation into helms deep when this election is over and they take office. Yeah. We cannot afford any more Mitch McConnell technocratism. We cannot have um, Greg Abbott literally having to be begged to declare the border of Texas an invasion. We can't afford this. There, there, you must forcibly act as peaceably within the confines of the law and the constitutional structure we have. But there must be punishment for this. Mm -hmm. You're a parent, you're a mom, I'm a dad. If you, if you do not punish bad behavior, what do you always get more of? You incentivize That's it. right. There must be punishment. Use the, I'll quote a very famous Texan, Lyndon Johnson. Power is where power goes. Mm -hmm. I don't want any more. We're not going to, no more tweeting about it. No more owning the libs. No more cheeky lingo. I, like, I got up this morning and Ron DeSantis just said, get the hell out of here. No warnings, no threats. We're just doing it. Okay. Fulfill your oath and bring the pain, mm. peaceably but aggressively. Because if we don't, I fear that this will become unpeaceable. And that, I don't want that. Yeah. This is a great country. I spent six hours watching college football Saturday with my son. 
I just married off one of my daughters. We had a great day with that. Uh, I took my my youngest daughter on a daddy-daughter date last Friday night, okay? I, I live a pretty nice suburban life, right? Do I look like someone that's out eager to join uh, the uh, the local militia and fight a civil war? No, I, I want to enjoy the accoutrements of what it means to be an American. But, it, but those don't come freely. They come with a price, and mm-hmm. that's vigilance. And the people that we're going to vote for, for every Carrie Lake you're about to vote for, for you know, every Ron DeSantis you're about to vote for, you're going to vote for probably 20 Republicans that you are going to, shall we say, have to encourage. Mm-hmm. to do the job you are electing them to do. You cannot go on autopilot. You cannot assume that because there's an R after their name that they get the, they know what time it is. They will act accordingly. Citizenship begins at the voting booth. Mm-hmm. The, the boomer generation had this silent majority paradigm. Um, we put up with it. 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 We show up on election day, the silent majority. We defy the polls uh, and, and vote in Republicans to save America. Um, how's that worked out for you and I's generation with the country we're inheriting? Did that strategy work? Right. So we need a new strategy. Here's the new strategy. Vigilance. Do your bleeping job and mm-hmm. we will demand that you do your job mm-hmm. because that is your job. You were brought here as an instrument and a tool of justice, or as Paul would put it, to bring the sword of righteousness against evildoers. So bring the sword. All right, let me tell you about this Black Friday deal with Good Ranchers. A lot of you still ask me, you send me messages, or when you see me at an event, you say, okay, is Good Ranchers, is it really worth it? And I'm telling you, yes. I had a sweet woman come up to me the other day at an event in Georgia, and she was like, okay, I'm such a big fan. I've got one question for you. I was thinking it would be something about politics or theology or something like that. No, it was about Good Ranchers. And I looked at her and I said, yes, Ma'am, you should absolutely get Good Ranchers. It is totally 100% worth it. And right now, with this Black Friday offer, it is more worth it than ever. You get two Black Angus New York strip steaks for free. These are USDA upper choice steaks, your best choice for the holidays. Black Angus is flavorful. It's easy to cook with. It's free with Good Ranchers. This is an awesome deal. This is also a great gift for someone in your life, maybe for your family, for your husband, for your dad, for your brother, for your friend, whoever. I mean, they would love the gift of Good Ranchers. You can just get them a box of meat or you can go big. You can buy them a subscription. They get that box of meat to their house every month. Their meat is always 100% American made. That's one thing I love about them. So go to goodranchers.com slash Allie. Use discount code Allie to get that uh, Black Friday deal. Good Ranchers is American meat delivered right to your front door. Go to goodranchers.com slash Allie. Steve, there is no way to transition smoothly to what I'm about to ask you, but you wrote a children's book. <laughs> I did. And I want to hear about it before I have to let you go. I did. Um, my, my publisher came to me about a year ago and asked me if I would consider doing this. And I was like, no, uh, not necessarily my thing. Um, and I'm like, you know, Rush had all his Rush Revere books. And this has been done before, sort of the the true history of America. Um uh, for kids. And so I, if I was going to do it, I wanted to do something original. So I proposed, I, I told him, I will do it on one condition, that we do America's Christian heritage instead. And they said, okay, what's the first one? So to me, I thought, well, America's Christian heritage, we're going to do the first one, it should start at the beginning with the pilgrims. Yeah. All right. And so awesome. it, 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 we envisioned it as a pilot, if this one is successful. And Publishers Weekly said last week we were the number one uh, best-selling nonfiction children's book in the country, which means they're going to bug me to now do more of these. Yeah. Um, so thanks to everybody who made that happen. Um, but uh, it, we decided, let's make it a series, if this one works, answering the question, why? Yeah. So the first question we answer is, why Thanksgiving? And the subtitle answers the question. The pilgrims started Thanksgiving for the same reason they came to America, because they love God. And we walk through a lot of the history that you won't know, but when I was growing up, I mean, the, 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 the Snoopy Peanuts Thanksgiving show was an hour long. And the second half hour was Charles Schultz telling the true story of the pilgrims. They don't like airing that, that stuff on national TV anymore. So I, I wanted to put all that history back in. So the stuff like, what are the odds they would travel thousands of miles? It was their second destination. They originally landed somewhere else and then ended up 
in, with, in, in, the, in, in at Plymouth, and they just so happened to run into an indigenous person named Squanto who knew their language, who had been freed by Christians from slavery, so he knew about their religion. What are the odds of that? I mean, that, that's, those, are, those odds are incalculable. That's clearly the hand of providence involved in that process. And so I, I wanted to make sure that the kids got that history. Like, there's no other way this could have happened. And it, and, it, and it doesn't matter really how imperfect any of these people might have been because we all are. What matters is how perfect was the hand that was guiding these imperfect people. That's what really matters. And so I wanted to, uh, for the kids to see while they, while they still had the faith of a child, how these things just could not have happened if we tried to make them happen. That there's only one explanation when you connect all the dots for how they ended up here, how they survived, how they ended up running into people that actually knew what their traditions were. There's only one explanation for that, and that explanation is God. Awesome. And what's the title of the book? Where why, can I, get why, it? I appreciate that. Why Thanksgiving? Why and Thanksgiving? the pilgrims started Thanksgiving for the same reason they came to America, because they loved God. Yes, and amen. Well, thank you so much. That ends us on a little bit more of a positive note. I appreciate that. Thank you, Steve. And I will see you tonight. You will. On Blaze TV, our election coverage. Make sure everyone, you go to blazetv.com slash election. Do we know? Midterms. There we go. BlazeTV.com slash midterms. You can also watch it live on YouTube. We will be there with all of our fun Blaze TV friends. It'll be a good time. Looking forward to it. Thanks. Thank you. All right. I'll see you guys tonight. And just a shout out to our stickers, our vote sticker. You might as well get it. We're always voting for something. Our RIP row and all of our other fun, awesome stickers. We've also got new great merch that is coming out at some point in the next few weeks i don't know if it'll be before christmas we'll see i'll keep you guys updated on that um and if you love this podcast leave us a five star review that would be amazing wherever you listen and make sure you subscribe on youtube as well all right we'll be back here tomorrow to talk about everything that happens tonight see you guys then